0: Now, back to Ebola. Mm. So, as I said, I've made this connection. The district is happy. We are going Mm -hmm. for meetings. We are Mm. doing supportive supervision of Mm. smaller facilities. Mm -hmm. We are doing the annual planning Mm. and doing all this stuff. Mm. Then there was an Ebola outbreak in northern Uganda,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, which was sort of localized. Mm -hmm. Then one time, I'm Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And then there were mobile phones. I had a phone. Mm. I get a phone call. Ah, um, is that Dr. Catherine? Yes. Um, We've just... Uh, identified a case of Ebola mm-hmm. in Barra Hospital. Mm. Like my heart sank. I almost like, sat down on yeah. the ground <laughs> because Ebola knew. is terrifying. Right. You know, Ebola is terrifying. Mm. So I was like, oh my God. I said, okay, so well, what do you want me to do? I said, no, there has been an emergency meeting and you've been appointed to head the surveillance. I was like, what? What? Like, hold on a minute. I said, why? How? What? He said, no, 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 no. We can you've talk not later, been but consulted. Now, you yeah, have like, been appointed. Yeah, mm. I was like, wait, they said, no, 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 we'll talk later because now I need to call the WHO, what, we're going for that, blah, blah,
1: blah.
0: Mm. I almost, like, cried. I so I can't believe this, like, what is this? Mm. What, Ebola, surveillance? I was like, okay, deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. Mm. So let me wait for the next call about what, what you're going to do. By then, the news had spread, Ebola, mm. Ebola, Ebola, everybody's in mm. a panic. So then they say, okay, the next thing, you're, you're coming for a task force meeting tomorrow morning at the district. Mm-hmm. So I go there. By then, WHO has descended on what? There are so many people, consultants from all over the world. Mm. What? Mm. Media. What? Mm. Media briefing. Mm. And in my mind, I'm asking myself, what am I supposed to do to mm. do Ebola surveillance? Mm. And then I asked myself, I said, okay.
1: Did you have an idea? Did you have a brief? Like, did, <clears throat> so what What? What does heading that?
0: What does it t- mean? Yeah, what no, does there it was mean? no brief. There was no brief. It was like, make it up as you go, but also listen and, yes. and learn. Mm. Because you start to hear things like contact tracing. I was like, okay, there's something called contact tracing. What is that? So yeah. I go read about contact tracing. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, contact yeah. tracing. Because for something like a baller, if you do good contact tracing, you yeah. can sniff it like- uh, In the Yeah, uh, Like nip it in the bag yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So that was the key critical thing. Mm. So then said, okay, this is within the hospital. Mm. We need to figure out contact tracing. Mm. But then surveillance was more than this hospital. It was the Mm. whole district. Actually, Mm. the whole region. It wasn't just the district. Mm. The whole region, Mm. Western Uganda. Western Uganda. Yeah, that was the Mm. whole region. Mm. So in the end, um, after like three days, then we, you, you sit into briefings, Mm. you sit into meetings, Mm. different committees are meeting, then you start getting like Mm. making up your own brief. Mm. So we had two briefs. Mm -hmm. One was like, contain this thing within mm-hmm. the hospital itself. Mm-hmm. The second so it was, doesn't spread further? It doesn't spread further and mm-hmm. that, that's where the contact tracing came in. Mm-hmm. The second was deal with any other potential cases.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Once you identify a potential case, then put in place a mechanism to make sure that if it is a case, number one, it's tested, it, is, it can be uh, confirmed, but then now the contact tracing for that case mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. And now it was taking about three days to get test results because I think samples were being flown to South Africa. Mm. So from Barada to Entebbe, then (laughs) South Africa, Mm. then I think they would call Mm. to say this is positive or not. Mm. So you can't take chances of assuming that a a potential case is not a case. Mm. You have to set in place a surveillance system and Mm. a contact tracing system in case three days later Mm. this one turns out to be a case. Mm. So that really was the the core Mm. of what we're doing. Mm. In practice, um, we had to sit down and ask ourselves, where did this person get Ebola? Mm. The one in now this hospital, mm. like the epicenter was in northern Uganda. How did we get an Ebola case mm. in, in this hospital now in southwestern Uganda? Mm-hmm. So they, based on the clinicians who were there, they, they sat down and went through the patient records mm-hmm. of that ward for like three weeks. Uh, behind, backwards, back. looking for people who were admitted with certain symptoms, mm. maybe uh, fever, vomiting, diarrhea, mm. and any kind of bleeding. Mm. And they were able to pinpoint actually the index case. It took them like three days.
1: Index cases, case zero.
0: Now the case zero for that locality.
1: Okay. The mm. person
0: who was diagnosed was not the index case. Mm. The other one was never confirmed, but it was clear mm. that that was the index case. Mm. Because the person who was confirmed was a, an army guy mm-hmm. who had been... Put station in the hospital mm-hmm. to provide care for army guys who mm-hmm. were admitted for different things. Okay, okay. So it was like a caregiver for army people.
1: So it, is, it, you had, it, it was then assumed or? No, mm-hmm. that was the
0: one who was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Now, the index okay. case mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was an army guy mm-hmm. who had been on sick leave mm-hmm. and had traveled to his home in northern Uganda okay. and had returned ah. feeling sick. Uh-huh. And the village where he was, actually, that's where Ebola was, uh-huh. Ebola was happening. Makes sense. So he had returned to the barracks, mm. fallen sick, mm. and then deteriorated. He mm. was on sick leave for something else. Mm. When he deteriorated, they mm. brought him, mm. and he died soon after admission. Mm. 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 Now, this army guy who was in the hospital stationed mm. Mm. to look after all mm. soldiers... Take a giver is the one who, like, helped him when he uh, had come, like, yeah. t- took him out of the car, mm. and the guy apparently vomited, mm. and the mm. guy cleaned up the vomit. So you could see the exposure mm. was, like, mm. um, okay. you know, very intense.
1: Makes sense.
0: You know, now this mm. caregiver... Mm after a few days, he also starts falling sick. Mm. And then for him, he progresses Mm. and gets all the bleeding and Mm. all the Ebola symptoms Mm. and then he's tested and then it's positive. Mm. So when they walked, when they went backwards looking Mm. at the records, Mm. they identify Mm. the guy who had traveled Mm -hmm. to Northern Uganda Mm. and come back and then Mm. falling sick Mm. as the index case for the hospital. So now we have index case. So we have to go backwards and say, okay, for for many people, they, um, what's it called? the incubation period had passed. Mm. So now we had to focus on the diagnosed case. Mm. So we mm. got all the medical students who had been on that ward, mm. all the nurses, all the healthcare workers, all the patients, and made a gigantic database of them, mm. bought thermometers, told them to isolate and to take their temperature on mm. a daily basis and then report it. Mm. That was the first thing. Like um, if anybody gets a fever um, in that group, mm. we had about 60 people. Mm. If anybody gets fever, then they get isolated. Then we get additional contacts because if they've been home, <laughs> yeah. then they are, they are, They are. oh my God, it's like, um, it keeps on mm. exploding. Mm. So that was our role, like mm. make sure everybody takes their temperature. Anybody who gets a fever, get their contacts, mm. also put them on isolation mm. and now mm. give them thermometers and start monitoring them. Mm. So luckily in that whole group, we got one nurse who fell sick. She was immediately isolated and she refused to go to the Ebola ward. And then she was tested and she turned out negative, but that was three days later. By then people had cried and what's like stress. Uh, and then we had like 20 medical students and like 20 nurses and many other people, but only one, one of those people who were in the contact became sick, but she was negative. Mm. And then we got, I think, five other suspected cases and two additional tested positive, mm. the other two didn't but they were inside, so mm. it wasn't mm. like um, out there. But mm. that time was so stressful. I can imagine. Because you would be sitting here in the morning, you're trying to check on the, the temperature reports from the students and yeah. the nurses, yeah. and then they say, oh, there's, there's a suspected case in this hospital like 50 kilometers away. We had a double cabin. So it comes, we load up PPE, um, education materials, we drive when you reach the hospital you find somebody sitting like in the middle of the compound everybody's 100 meters away the patients have run out of the wards the doctors have run out and the person is sitting like somewhere there uh, in the middle of the compound Everyone
1: very everybody, afraid to everybody get everybody's close. afraid
0: to get close yeah. so as soon as and the person has like a nosebleed and as soon as people see nosebleed everybody takes off so when you arrive in this kind of situation you don't ppe so, before you don't PPE, you bring all the healthcare workers. You say, This is how you don't PPE. You do know, like this, you have to do that. You put on everything, you know, goggles, what? And say, This is what it takes. You can't, you can't have any piece, any part of your body exposed when you're dealing with an Ebola case, suspected Ebola case. So, now, after putting PPE, now you come to this person in the, the middle of nowhere in the compound. So, you start taking history. Okay, like what? You know, this, we have this, we have what, we have this. Then at that point in time, you take all their contacts in the last seven days, at that point.
1: Yeah, because your contact with them should not be...
0: No, no, because if it's Ebola, you don't want, like, there are 20 other people this person has been associating mm. with, mm. and nobody knows who they wow. are. So at that point, you ask, so did you go to the market? Did right. you go to church? Did mm. you go to how many people live in your home? You mm. know, all those, you take their mm. names. Mm. And then you add in the database of contacts. Then now many times you look and say, this is probably like malaria because mm-hmm. Ebola is really like, where did this person get Ebola from? They've mm-hmm. not traveled. You can mm-hmm. just get Ebola from air. Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, now what you're going to do, you're going to isolate the person. We take the samples and then we wait and see. When you're still there, before you finish, they say, hey, well, what? Suspected case. I don't know where you try. We were crisscrossing the districts in that region for hours. We'd get home like at 10 p.m. and start all over the next day. Like crisscrossing. And teach, take samples, take contacts, go back, they go somewhere mm. else. But the, the most stressful part was the media, the mm. the, the, the like the panic and the mm. and the anxiety. People mm. saying, just close off the whole hospital. Don't mm. even, don't deal with all these people working in the hospital. Just yeah. close them off. They should just put a big fence and nobody should come out. Mm. You know, if you're selling them tomatoes and they come to you, chase them. There was a radio station. which was just like creating havoc. You'll be there in the car coming from. I don't know. You sad. Visit mm. dealing with of suspected thing, cases, yeah. and he put on the radio and said, Just switch it off because it was <laughs> almost like we are evil people who have yeah. come to finish yeah. humanity, yeah, just because we work in Barara Hospital.
1: My goodness!
0: So that was another thing, which is like, Wow, yeah, you see the same thing with the.
1: COVID. covid now yeah <laughs> like and that's who is what public I...
0: enemy number one yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the doctors and the nurses yeah. who are saying please take care
1: yeah people are like
0: yeah you guys don't want good things for us yeah so that was it was really shocking like how mm. bad yeah the media narrative was yeah around um around uh, ebola. ebola cases mm. and then the other thing was about um when you're part of the story I always say this when you're part of the story and you see what is being reported in the media, you're like, oh, my God. It's What, what, what we read in the media, how much of it is true? I don't know. Mm. Because all the stories I've been part of, mm. they've not been reported accurately, mm. you know. So you'd say we have 20 medical students who are contacts and they are, we are monitoring them. Mm. Then the next thing with 20 students suspected to have to have Ebola. No, they're not suspected to have Ebola. Suspected means you have symptoms and you have contact and you have symptoms. As before you before you have symptoms, you're, you're a contact, you're mm. the suspect. Mm. Then the next day, oh, Mara Hospital overrun. You know, tens of nurses and students are sick. No, they are not sick, please. And then now, of course, now this feeds into the, the local media. Like, yeah, yeah you know, they narrative. should just close off the yeah. whole thing and. Yeah.
1: So yeah. is there anyone in the, in Barrara hospital who is probably helping deal with the crisis communication
0: at that time yeah
1: like with the community hysteria and
0: that time it everything was connected from the district okay you know there was mm. a whole district task force mm. and we had all these experts i don't know from WHO and all that <laughs> and so there was like this the communication was centralized but as mm. i've said there would be a press briefing every morning mm. And you would sit and they would say report from surveillance, report from the the, the ward, what's mm. going on, report mm. I don't know from what mm. and then would they would report and then now the the next headline twenty students sick very different, <laughs> like, <from what> <laughs> very sensationalizing, different. Media.
1: sensationalizing everything and yeah. like
0: feeding into this frenzy of
1: yeah
0: um fear and anxiety and yeah. and um, yeah yeah so that was that but was another a worthwhile
1: experience as well it was worthwhile, it was yeah. worthwhile.
0: <laughs> yeah and then it lasted i think about a month because they from the initial cases yeah. like three there was no more
1: yeah okay and so unfortunately oh, right. fortunately
0: time, it was over yeah it was, it, was, it,
1: it was managed
0: <laughs> we could get our life back yeah. after that yeah so that was my experience,
1: experience. Yeah.
0: I mean, okay teaching <laughs>